You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and today I have a question for you. How often does Amazon deliver to your doorstep? I'm willing to bet for most of us it's at least once a week. I know for me it's multiple times every week, but regardless how often you're ordering from Amazon, there's no hiding it. Their business model is incredible. It's literally changing the world right now. It's changing all of our perspective on what it means to order things online. If something takes longer than two days, the majority of us are frustrated now because we're so used to Amazon's model. I really enjoy just keeping up with Amazon, watching what they're doing, and and seeing how they're changing the world and the industry. So I wanted to interview somebody who was connected to Amazon. So I started looking around. I wanted to find somebody who was connected in some way. I ended up finding a dynamic duo. My guests today are two eight-figure Amazon third-party sellers, Max Abreu and Garland Sullivan. Here's the deal. If you buy anything off of Amazon and it comes through Prime, you've probably bought from these guys without even knowing it. They have multiple company names. It doesn't have their names in it, so you would never actually know. But the truth is they are crushing it. They're one of the biggest sellers out there right now. And they also run an Amazon consulting agency where they're teaching people how to make millions on Amazon as a third-party seller. I want to get these guys on the show after getting to know them a little bit because they built an eight-figure business within three years. They were still college students, actually professional swimmers when they started this business. They had no free time at all, but somehow within three years, they built a eight-figure business and it continues to grow. As you can imagine, within three years, these guys are learning more about business in that short period of time than many people learn in the entire duration of their business from start to finish. When they decide to close the doors or sell it or whatever, many people don't see that much monetary success in their business, but these guys have had to scale, learn, and grow. And I wanted to talk to them because they clearly understand the topic of creating a brand and what it means to also create a sustainable business that works. So I wanted to just kind of hear from their wisdom and they really get into this episode. These guys are completely transparent and I love that. So here's my interview with Max Abreu and Garland Sullivan. Max and Garland, good to have you guys on the show today. You guys were two college students that decided to start a business that ended up being, uh, at this point, eight-figure business, hopefully moving on to nine at some point, right? That's the goal. We'll see. <laughs> right. So I wanted to talk to you guys about your journey, and you guys started with Amazon, and I know you do a lot more than that now, but I kind of wanted to stay focused on the Amazon side of things, because I find that so many people are interested in starting a business on Amazon or just understanding better how it works. So I kind of just want to start from the beginning of your guys' story. You all were two college students and just decided that Amazon was the way to go. What made you all decide that that's where you wanted to begin? Yeah, so I started reading up on books on how to make money online. I was always curious about that, how someone could make money from anywhere in the world and from a computer and whatnot. And then I bumped into Amazon's FBA program. And that's really what was my aha moment and kind of separated Amazon from all the other ones in the field where when they established the FBA program that stands for Fulfillment by Amazon, they enabled you to send product to them and then they would send it to the customer. And so all of a sudden, the biggest headaches of dealing with returns and shipping to customers and dealing with hundreds of different boxes, you know, all that heavy lifting was done by Amazon. And that really, really changed the game for even e-commerce. You know, nowadays, more than 50% of everything sold on Amazon is by third-party sellers. And if it weren't for their fulfillment program, then that number would be way, way lower. You decided to start with Amazon because maybe, I don't know if you had the space or not, but it just made sense because logistically you didn't have to carry everything and be individually shipping items. Is that is that what was happening basically? 
Yeah, very quickly you realize how how much you're able to scale quickly. When you no longer have to deal with the distribution of the product to the customer. Right, you guys could actually just focus on growing the business, which is the goal and the dream, right? Yeah, just sourcing more product and then keep on selling turn and burn, maybe. Yeah, and, and now I know from your guys' story that you all, you guys picked up some traction pretty quick, really. You guys went from maybe, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a hobby or a side hustle, you guys were still in school, to a big business, not overnight, but pretty close to it. Yeah, so we started in college part-time. Really, Max was the forefront of it. And then, sure enough, a friend of our roommate's girlfriend was doing this full-time. And so Max initially connected with him. He had his business going, rocking full-time down in Dallas, Texas, when we were in Oklahoma. And this was probably like just a couple months before we graduated. And so... Sure enough, Max knew he was going to be training for the Olympics right after graduation. So he needed a business partner or someone to start the business with. Who better to do it than his roommate? So yeah, (laughs) that's me. Logistically, again, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) And so we started the business together. We went straight full time right out of college. And within the first year, we were able to break the seven figure mark. Which is incredible, you know, and you guys made something that that is a nice system that's set up nice for people to kind of join in with. Amazon is, you know, it's set up for success, but most people don't ever achieve what you guys were able to achieve in just one year or less. And I kind of actually want to talk about that. So you all went from, you know, again, I believe it was a serious business from day one. You all saw the potential. You wouldn't have done it. But did you guys think it was actually going to grow that fast? Did you guys think that was what was going to happen? Yeah, I think very quickly, you know. We started seeing the potential of it, you know, because once you once you figure out a formula per se, that all you need to do is find more product, then that becomes your sole focus. And we call it feeding the beast, you know, when it comes to mm-hmm. just Amazon terms, it's about getting as much product in there, a profitable products, obviously, as we can. And so, yeah, we did realize it. And especially like Garland said, when we met that guy in Texas, that was our aha moment that this could be a real, real business. So yeah, we we knew that we could hit our goals. We tried to double every year, you know, at some point, the doubling every year becomes unrealistic. Of course. But but yeah, once we saw that potential with, with Amazon, yeah, we definitely went for it. That's great. So you guys clearly at some point, and I happen to know where you guys are at today, you guys have a, a large staff now. But at some point, you had to start hiring people. What did you feel you learned about business You know, when you became a success, I will say? You kind of reached that seven figures mark, and you guys were doing really big business. You all started hiring a staff. What did you all learn during that time? Because, again, you guys went straight from college student to million-dollar business owners. So what, what did you guys learn in that quick period of time? Like, you know, you can share some wins, some losses, because I know there was probably some of both, right? Oh, yes. We've had many learning experiences is what we call them. That's a great way yeah. to say it. <laughs> and... And it really, honestly, the biggest thing for when we first started hiring people was really replacing ourselves in Mm -hmm. things that didn't really grow the business. So, for example, for us, before we send our product to Amazon, we have to prep it for Amazon's fulfillment centers. So that focus and time that we were spending on prepping and sending in product to Amazon wasn't really generating us income. We needed to be focused more on finding more product. So our first hire was a prepper per se, that would basically ship in product to Amazon for us while we could focus more on buying more product. And going through this process of hiring people, we've had all kinds of 
people that either have stolen from us, you know, it happens, whether it's a pair of shoes or other things. Definitely have learned a lot. I would say the biggest thing also is hire the people that you're not necessarily the best at a job. So, like, for example, Max and I are not bookkeeping wizards by any means, Mm -hmm. and I really wish we had had a great foundation on bookkeeping from the very start. We've gone through probably, what, four different bookkeeping businesses now. Now we're happy with the one that we're we're with, but it did take some time. Glad to hear Uh, that. (laughs) Yes, but... That's my biggest advice is really if you can hire someone that something that you're not very good at is really a great step forward in the right direction. Hiring to fill your weaknesses, basically your areas that you're not strong in, right? Exactly. And I'll, I'll add to that. I think that takes a lot of humility sometimes to be able to do that. Absolutely. Because at, at first, you know, when you're cranking and growing and you're like, yeah, you know, you think that you could do everything. The quicker you realize that you can't do everything and there are there are people out there that can do whatever it is that you think you can do. They could do it better, you know, and not even just in general bookkeeping, you know, but I'm finding that out even within some of the stuff that we deal with in Amazon. You know, I find that, hey, now if I start training someone, they can surprise me and actually be much better, not only than what I thought they would be, but what I am, you know, or what I think I can be. So, yeah, that's been a big, big revelation, you know. Yeah, that, that's really good. And, you know, I kind of think of that as the Warren Buffett model, if you will. He was always the guy who'd hire somebody who was better than him. And he'd always say that. If I could find somebody who can do this better than me, I will hire them. They will find a spot. They will make me more money. And uh, he was always really good about implementing that. And clearly, it's worked out good for him. And I'm glad to see that it's, you know, you guys are now an eight-figure business, not seven-figure. So clearly, it's also working for you. But Garland, you said something a little earlier that I, that I wanted to touch on, which was to replace yourself with things that don't grow the business. And I think that if there's one thing I could say that was probably key to your guys' continued success, it was the fact that you guys have gotten really good at doing this, which is replacing yourself. How do you find those areas, or how do you not get stuck on the day-to-day? Because I think so many of us as we're starting businesses, we, you have to start off by doing those things. How do you learn to let them go? What have been some ways that you guys have actually been able to succeed in doing that? Well, the biggest thing, and Max hit it on the head too, is humility. Like being able to just say, hey, my time is not best spent in this, or really being able to let go and saying, hey, Johnny over here, I want to give you the shovel. It's your turn to see what you can do, and I want to see the best you can do, and really bring the best out of that person for that position that they're replacing from you doing all the time. So now that you can go into a position where you're either monitoring or overseeing them and getting to a point where you can read their performances off of the baseline of the SOPs that you have and then have key performance indicators to see how well they're doing. And that would be like the the progression of of the position. That's great. So for you guys, it starts the place of humility, but then it kind of moves into quickly you guys monitoring and seeing how these people are actually effective in these jobs that you have them going into. And then eventually you want to get to the point where there's management over you know people over people and that just comes with growth as the company grows you're going to realize that several people are going to continue to level up and basically mm-hmm. grow with you and then there's going to they're going to develop their own team or have a team underneath them in a certain department of your of your business and so that's what quickly become in several aspects of our our business today we have a a wholesale team we have a a buying team whether that be online or in retail and so it's, it's really coming together now. 
That's great. You guys are basically identifying the superstars and then empowering them and enabling them to be able to take things even further than, than you guys may even be able to in those jobs, which I think that's great. Humility is a good, good thing to be based on in business because I think so many people immediately, when they start a business, they want to kind of have the persona of they understand it all. They got it. you know. And I think that as soon as we can learn to humble ourselves and start finding those key players and letting those stars actually shine, that's when our businesses start to really grow by empowering those different people. So it's cool to see you guys doing that. And, and you kind of just mentioned actually some of your different streams of your business, but I actually want to get into that a little bit. I think some of our listeners might actually be interested in working on Amazon or even just get starting on Amazon. I know you guys have kind of diversified a bit of your revenue streams, even just through Amazon. What are the different types of businesses you guys are running through there or different types of transactions, I should say? Yeah, so we started the business. So yeah, that's that's a good point. Within within Amazon, there are multiple ways of building a business. But when we're, whenever we started the business, we started with retail arbitrage, which involves physically going into stores and buying product to flip. You know, you buy it, come back to your house, warehouse, ship it out, and just rinse and repeat. Then we moved over to online arbitrage, which is the same concept, but doing it online with flipping it from online stores. Then we moved over to wholesale, which is buying directly from brands or directly from distributors or closeouts and liquidations. So buying something more in bulk. And then finally, we moved over to private labeling, which is launching your own brand of whatever product. So importing, slapping your label on it, improving a particular product, finding a niche on Amazon and then launching your product. So we've we've done all of those and we've surrounded ourselves with experts in every field. Definitely won't wouldn't recommend people to do everything, to try and do everything at once, but you know, there's different pros and cons to each one and, and it's up to, you know, there's there's a fit for for every goal and budget, I guess. Where would be a good starting point that you'd recommend someone who's just getting started? We started with retail arbitrage, so it, it really depends on how much money you have to start out and what's your risk look like. So retail arbitrage is a great starting point because it's very low cost up front and it doesn't require much but your cell phone and you physically going out to stores and bringing it back and ship it out. Now, if you have some more money and you're interested in maybe something, making something that you can later take outside of Amazon or you're passionate about a particular niche or something like that, or you want to make something your own, then I would suggest going with private label, you know, but that's something that we encourage our students to have about $5,000 to start out with. So it's it's definitely much different, but there's pros and cons to to all of them. So. Mm -hmm. I actually want to talk a little bit more about private label because I kind of think about the audience here at creating a brand and I immediately think of people that have created brands and that's kind of why I wanted you guys to even be on the, the show because I was like, you know what, these guys, Max and Garland, have created multiple brands at this point through their private label products and companies that you guys have. You know, I want to kind of get into the also the training and the teaching you guys do on that, but as far as actually developing from conception, like actually building a brand, if you will, creating a brand and having a product release, like what is go- what goes into that? That's a lot of work, right? So we teach people basically to survey the market. So we go into Amazon, we search Amazon, and we see opportunity within product niches. So it's not like we we have this brilliant idea of a, a weighted blanket, for example. That's a pretty hot topic on products and in the media. 
And so these weighted blankets are, you know, for to help you sleep or to having people with anxiety. There's several different elements to them. But it's not like we just came up with the idea of weighted blanket as a good product to go for. It was more of let's survey the market, see if there's opportunity in the market. Let's see how well these other sellers are selling their product on Amazon. Let's see if they're very well diversified with their keyword research and, and indexed with keywords. If they're not doing a very good job with this, can we make ours better? Can we make our listing better? Can we add more value and beat them out on Amazon? So we go into Amazon in the idea of, okay, let's take, let's go into a niche, see some low hanging fruit and then attack it and take some of the sales from that product niche. That's good. So you guys are not just necessarily coming up with a random idea like you're saying. You're actually searching for the need or searching for what people are actually desiring to have at that time and then finding where like kind of the, the cracks are in that and then building something off of that. Is that right? Exactly. And yeah. you can build a brand around that too. So it's easy to start with just one product niche and then you realize that there's more opportunity to say have a higher quality product, have a lower quality product, have a product that has a bundle of two or three things in it, and then take over that whole niche and then be able to sell your brand as the number one product within that niche. So I'll add something to that because I think a lot of people sometimes get so caught up in the idea, you know, and they've got this idea in their head and, you know, they want to build something related to that idea, you know, but what we tell people is like, hey, if the demand's not there on Amazon, you know, I, we specialize on Amazon. So mm -hmm. if the demand's not there, then we don't recommend you going after that. You know, it's going to be a way uphill battle, if you will, because you can go ahead and build your branding. You can do all that. You know, you could set up your social medias, all this kind of stuff. But if the demand's not there, then you're not going to sell any product. And so we right. like to get some sales before we necessarily think about building a particular huge brand or when you start out with sales and you're already making money without having to do necessarily much branding, that's very rewarding and encourages you to later say, whoa, this, this has some potential. We could turn this into a legitimate brand. So we kind of do it on the flip side, maybe that, that some of them, but it's because we know Amazon and we know the demand that's on there, you know. Yeah, you know, and you kind of touch on a really important point here for anybody who's actually going out and creating a brand, which is check the market. Like, is there actually a want or a desire for it? I can think back to a time when I was actually evaluating a website. It was, it was a small company, and they wanted me to, to kind of evaluate it and find out why they weren't growing as quick as they expected to. And when I looked at it, and I'm not going to give any details here, but the product was strange. There wasn't a demand for it. So, you know, and that was kind of my evaluation was like, hey, there's not really like, do people really want this? And they're like, well, yeah, we think they want it. I'm like, well, you say you think they want it, but how do you actually know that? And without any historical data or any real research, they just decided to create this brand off of an idea that one of them had. You know, it's much harder to succeed that way. I'm not saying that they will never be successful or anything like that. For all I know, they could be taking off at this point. But the way that you guys are doing it is definitely the right way for anybody to go out and build a business, which is find the need and having some sort of data on that before you even really get started. Like, is anyone going to want this when I put my money down to have it built or created? So it's great to see that you guys have done that and done that really successfully. And, you know, I'm thinking about this as well. You guys are on Amazon, but when you're actually doing these things, do you guys go out and build social media profiles for all these things? Do you guys build websites for them? Do you have newsletters, anything like that? Like, how does that work for you guys? 
Sometimes the answer is it depends on the potential that we see with a particular product. So if we are selling a green spatula, you know, and there's a bunch of spatulas out there and it just it's basically a commodity and we just saw the opportunity on Amazon because of the competition, then maybe that's not something that we really want to go the the further mile, you know, and build everything out. But there are some products where we have put in a little bit of extra effort whether that be upfront in the research or in adding something to a particular product or complementing it with other ones or, you know, we see the potential, then for those, we'll go the extra mile and hire a marketing agency or start building our social media pages and try to get them outside of Amazon to our own audience, our own, you know, email list, our own website, all that stuff. That's good. I think that's a, a really important thing to do as those businesses are growing. So how many Facebook pages have you guys created? Is it a lot at this point? <laughs> Not as many as you think. I think we have like half a dozen or so. But really, the our main focus of our Facebook pages have has been our, our branding ourselves as qualified sellers and qualified teachers, really, for, for Amazon, really. That's been most of our focus lately. As individuals, you've done that as a company. Like, how how have you guys decided to do that? It's more of as a company. We branded basically a place to where you can learn how to sell on Amazon, and it's called Seller Systems. And so, our goal is to put together the best one of the best places for people to come and learn about how to sell on Amazon, and basically be there to answer questions for those people. That's great. I actually like to talk about that a little bit more because I think that you guys just brought up a, a really good point, which is, yeah, you guys are really good at selling Amazon. You're building a business, but you're also leveraging your knowledge now to train other people to do the same, which is great for your guys' businesses, but it's also creating more small businesses and helping people. How did you guys decide to start doing that? Did that happen organically or was it something you all knew from the start you wanted to do? Actually, we were, or at least I speak for myself, I was opposed to it for a long time because okay. of of how how a lot of the public views these gurus, you know, internet gurus and how popular digital products have gotten in courses and all that. A lot of them feel like, you know, a scam, especially like Facebook ads agencies and whatnot and courses on that. There's just a gazillion of them and people will rip off other courses. And so, and then people will just talk without really knowing what they're talking about. But it wasn't until, you know, I went to a ClickFunnels conference and then things just started clicking for me. And then also there comes a point where like, I have to feel confident and good enough about what we've done to teach it to others. You know what I mean? Like, all right, at what point am I a qualified guru? You know what I mean? So that's what did it for me. And so it was kind of a, a mix of those and feeling like we've gotten to a certain level where we're also actively selling on Amazon. It's not like we've stopped in order to teach, you know, and we also partnered with another Amazon seller who's one of the best, most knowledgeable guys out there on on the way he finds product, keyword research. He's just a real real, real expert on it. So we felt like we had the whole Amazon package covered. So we really felt like we brought an advantage amongst the other gurus, if you will. And then shortly after starting it, just seeing the actual results from students was way more rewarding than I ever thought it would be, That's you know, because up, up to this point, we're just reselling products, you know, for years. That's all I've been right. concerned about in our employees, obviously. But 
But seeing someone take action based on the something they learned from you and, and seeing them produce results and all that is extremely rewarding, way more than what I thought it would be. The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin, and as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand Community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand Community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, focus groups, and topical discussion, along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content, all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. I like the fact that you guys are, you guys truly are gurus. Like you can call it whatever you want. Maybe that's a bit of an overused term these days, but you guys are an eight figure Amazon business. You guys are exactly that. And I've seen a lot of the, I mean, there's no hiding it. Selling on Amazon is sexy right now. People are into it. People want to do it. And then people also want to teach people how to do it. But a lot of the coaches out there, if you will, that are, or people that are claiming to be gurus, they, they don't even have their own stores really. A lot of them, they just want to teach you how to do it because maybe they understand how to get started. But it's better to learn from someone like you guys that is actually living it day in and day out and still building a business is succeeding. Yeah, a lot of those guys are just really good at marketing. Not going to lie, a lot of them are scammers. Right, yeah. Don't need to get too much into that. I, I've definitely seen that happen quite a bit. But you guys are the real deal. And I know that your guys, the website for it is seller-systems.com. Any of our listeners that are interested in getting started on Amazon or just want to grow a brand further on Amazon, you can definitely learn a lot about it there. We'll have a link to that stuff later. So we'll, we'll get into that in the community as well. But I kind of wanted to talk to you guys a little bit more about Amazon in general. Now, you guys are clearly continuing to build your business. You guys are building the uh, the training side of it as well. What does the future of Amazon look like? Because a lot of people are starting to say that it's, you know, it's kind of hit its peak and stuff like that, which is not something that I agree with. But I've just been hearing a lot of people talk about this lately. I'd love to get your guys take as what I consider to be true insiders in the Amazon world. I think the world eventually is going to be everywhere in the world will be able to buy and purchase Amazon. Right now, there's only certain marketplaces on Amazon. I believe it's up to seven. Is that right? Total marketplaces? I'm blank on the number off the top of my head because there's countries being added all the time. But think about it. If there's only seven potential marketplaces right now in the world, how many more marketplaces can they add? And it's basically endless. So that, I honestly think that we're only just tapping into the e-commerce realm I still think the growth for e-commerce is tremendous, and I don't think anyone is anywhere close to Amazon. So I still see them being the number one place to purchase things online. So, so I'll add this to what he said. In to reiterate your question, has Amazon hit its peak and all that? 
it depends on how you're looking at it. So it depends on if you're asking it from a seller perspective, you know, because you have the third party sellers, which are us and what it looks like for us. But then you have what it looks like for Amazon, you know, as a company. So Amazon as a whole, I think, you know, is is like Garland said, no one's even close to them. They're growing nonstop. They're opening up marketplaces in all these different countries. So if you think about if you're a third party seller and you think about the success that maybe you've had or you that you've seen in dot com, like that's what's happening on the, in the UK and Germany and all these other marketplaces, you know, but as a third party seller, things are changing. We've been in the game for five years now, and it looks completely different than to when it started. But that's where I feel like community is so important because we surround ourselves with some of the best like active Amazon sellers. And we're always pushing to reinvent ourselves and looking ahead as far as what's coming, whether it be brands not wanting to sell their product on Amazon, restrictions, all these things, you know, but all of those in the grand scheme of things are just, you know, speed bumps, if you will. And uh, if anything, it gets rid of gets rid of the weak that aren't willing to reinvent themselves. So I'll be truthful where, yes, starting to sell on Amazon as a seller starting today is much harder than what it was, you know, two years ago. But is it still an amazing opportunity? Absolutely, I think so, especially if you surround yourself with the right people and you're constantly trying to improve yourself and you don't give up. Yeah, that's good. And you said something that like, I want to really touch on here, which is you mentioned your community of people. That's how you've been able to to really stay informed and to continue to adapt. What does that look like practically for you? Because Amazon sellers are literally everywhere. Like, do you, do you all have a meetup? Do you guys just talk on the phone? What does that look like? So we have groups on groups on groups, basically, of okay. people yeah. that we are connected with and in all different tiers of within the Amazon space, whether they are reselling product, if they are wholesaling product, if they're liquidating, if they're amazing branding people, as in they're great at private label, great at building Facebook ads and driving traffic from Facebook to their Amazon listings. Each segment is a niche within the Amazon space and mm -hmm. each one, it's really hard to be very good at all of that. And so right. what we've done is over the years of being within the Amazon space, we've been able to connect with a good chunk of all of those pieces. And on a daily basis, we, we talk with people all the time. And then also we go to functions like next week, next weekend will be a function in Orlando. A couple weeks later, I'll be in Canada at a, at a function as well. It's just really amazing to see the community that we've been able to be a part of over the last couple of years. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll add to that. I'll say that, you know, when whenever we started, there wasn't there wasn't much information out there on how to sell on Amazon. You know, there wasn't YouTube videos. There wasn't courses. There wasn't there wasn't much. And so all I had was like Facebook groups that were just popping up. And right. so we would just join as many Facebook groups as we could to just get any information that we could because for the most part, all these Facebook groups, third party sellers kind of help each other. It's almost it's almost like an Amazon against us or us against Amazon right. type, you know, crowd that gathers together to help each other. Because there's also a dark side of Amazon, you know. Um, but yeah, Facebook groups, and and that's still a huge part of our community is just Facebook groups, and and then those people have turned into almost family. You know, we've done meetups, all that kind of stuff that Garland was saying. But that's something that we are trying to replicate 
for our students also, just because we know the importance of it. Yeah, and you both know this about me. I'm a huge community advocate. I believe that community leads to growth, and that's that's what creating a brand is all about, the creating brand community. That's our entire product is just to have a community of people that are able to continue to help each other build their, their brands and build their businesses. So I love that you all been able to do that. But in addition to it, I also wanted to ask, what do you all do for education? Because technology is always changing. And I believe Amazon's one of the forefronts of that. I mean, every day something's got to be getting different. How do you guys keep up with the way that business is going in general right now? Most of the time it's based on, we get a lot of our information from these groups because okay. they'll be testing things that, that we weren't testing or we were, were just not aware of. And that's where you, you really find the best information, the most new information, raw data on exactly what's happening within Amazon as a seller, what changes are happening. And basically everyone instantly says, hey, did your keywords all fall off today? And then I say, you know, 10 other people had the same results too. And then they'll come together as a community and figure out, okay, let's try this method. And this method works the best for ranking your product now. And so that's where we find most of our information and data. There's a couple other places, I would say a couple email lists from other sellers or gurus that we, we try to stay in tune with. That's basically it. I mean, basically, one thing I got out of this is you guys don't really like the word guru. Every time you all say it, I feel like you're cringing a little bit. Every time I say it. But, uh, it's Just really, a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's gotten a bad rap, I'll admit. Um, I, I won't call you guys that. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I, I did notice that something you got, were kind of saying there is, is it really is you guys versus Amazon in a certain way because everyone's like pulling together to figure out what Amazon changed overnight or what, what kind of happened differently that you, know, that you guys hadn't seen happen before. So. That, that's really cool that you all have that community that you're able to really just pull from and all get education from. I think that's a really great way to continue to grow on Amazon as it's, as it's changing a lot. So what else you guys got going on over there? What's coming up in the future? What's, what's new? What's going on with what you guys' business is heading toward? I'd just love to hear a little bit more about it before we kind of end here. Well, I'm excited for what's to come. We made a lot of changes from last year to this year. We've kind of restructured our complete foundation, and we're really focusing on systems and people. You know, I've kind of personally have made a big switch with what I was talking about earlier with delegating, finding someone who's better at something than you, and just realizing, especially now that we're at a point where we have all these businesses and all these things, and really before I tackle something on, I'm now asking myself the question, all right, is it better that someone else be doing this? You know, not just because I want to be lazy, but is it better for the long term of, of the company that someone else be doing that? And so that, that switch that switch happened with me recently. So it makes me really excited for this year because I'm already seeing the rewards of rather than putting my efforts into tasks, putting my efforts into people and in processes. That's good. So, I, mean, I think that's super important that you ask yourself that question. That can someone do this better than I'm doing it? Is there someone else that could be focused on this? I can focus on something else. Doing a little bit of restructuring this year, I think at any point, all businesses hit a certain cap where the status quo just won't work anymore. Something has to change or you're not going to grow anymore, right? So I think you guys have exactly. definitely, definitely had that happen. Garland, what's your take on that? I would say one of the, my main focuses has been strategic partnerships. So getting in a position to where we can leverage either a larger capital or capital in general and have a partnership with someone who does a lot of the legwork and maybe even be better at a task than we are just directly from the front. So 
For example, we partnered with several people on private label projects, and so far they've done an amazing job. We've, you know, every project has speed bumps, but we're really excited to see what this year comes. We we did one strategic partnership last year. We have two in place this year, and it's only the beginning. I'm really excited to see what comes from it. That's great. Very cool. And you, you mentioned someone there's partnerships, and you two are partners as well. Can you guys speak to partnership in general and how it's helped both of you grow and the business grow? I mean, it sounds like with private label, it's really helping there. But for the two of you, how has that worked out? What is that dynamic like? I think that whenever we started, we really didn't know any better. It was just kind of like the, the natural move to just get into a partnership. But then very quickly, we started realizing like how blessed we were with our relationship and how it worked because of we kept hearing of all these horror stories from all these other partnerships, you know, they said, wow, you guys are still doing everything together. Like, wow, that's amazing, you know. And so that that's really made me grateful for for the partnership that we have since hearing all those horror stories. And it's definitely made us much more conscious whenever we go into another partnership, you know, really careful about who we're going into partnership and making sure that all those agreements, operating agreements, you know, the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, all that kind of stuff, because things can go sour often, you know, but my experience with partnerships so far has been great, whether that be Garland and I or any other partnerships that we've gotten into, because people bring different things to the table, you know, it's not just the amount of physical work that they can do, but it's also the way that they think. Yeah, it really opens up your mind if you're willing to humble yourself and to listen, you know, be open-minded enough. Yeah. I think too, something you just said, which is to have all the documentation in place, all the legal documents, like on paper is really important. Cause I think so many of us, we want to jump into partnerships because we're excited. We both have strengths and you always have, everyone has in their mind, this is never gonna go wrong because so-and-so is, is awesome, you know, or like they got a great personality. They're an awesome person. They're really friendly, you know, all these different reasons, but more times than not partnerships go the wrong way. And it's so important just to protect yourself and the partner as well by having some sort of documentation to say, like legal documentation saying that here's the terms of our agreement, here's the terms of our partnership. I couldn't speak enough about that. I know that, you know, I've talked to you too about that previously over the years and stuff because that's something I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's so important. And it, I mean, we have a great partnership in general and we're very blessed to have that. But a lot of people, when things do go sour, it's so much easier to just read between the lines and say, hey, look, this is not what we agreed to. This is how it's going to work for how we are going to separate. And having that all established up front makes it a whole lot easier for everyone else later down the road. I haven't had to go through that experience. I don't think Max has either. So hopefully we don't have that happen anytime soon. Of course, of course. (laughs) I think at this point you guys are safe. I think you guys are good. But nonetheless, I think it's actually more of a, it shows that you respect the other person more by doing that because you're not just protecting yourself, you're protecting them as well. And I think by not doing it, it's just, it can be irresponsible. But by doing that, you're saying, no, I value you as a partner and I want to make sure that you're protected just like I'm protected. That's good. I think that's, that's really important, but... Your business is so fascinating to me. I could probably talk for another couple hours just asking guys endless questions here. But for sake of time of the episode, we want to make sure that we're ending it here. But I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and just hearing what y'all are doing. And obviously, I'm a customer along with anyone else who's listening. I'm sure that we've all bought something from you guys. If we're buying from Amazon, we're probably buying from you. So thank you. (laughs) Product's always great. I very rarely return anything. So thanks, guys. (laughs) 
Oh, just leave so. reviews. That's all I ask. Just leave <laughs> reviews. Right. Right. Yes. We didn't talk about reviews, but yes. Five stars. Five, five stars. stars. Right. So everyone listening, here's the deal. Leave them five-star reviews. <laughs> and you buy on Amazon, just pretend like it's them. So. Yes. <laughs> well, Matt and Garland, I appreciate you guys being on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Awesome. Oh, sure thing. Thank you, Alex. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Max and Garland are just getting started. Their business is still growing so rapidly and they've really perfected how to create a brand on Amazon. It's really exciting to watch. It's exhilarating, honestly, with how fast things move over there. I mean, eight figures in three years, that's just crazy, but really cool to watch. And I want to point out one thing they said that I really liked. They mentioned that humility is key to their success. I absolutely love that. That speaks volumes about their integrity. Just humility in business, anything we're doing is going to take us so far because it means we're taking the pressure of ourselves as having to look like somebody who knows it all. And that, again, is what separates them from a traditional guru, if you will. I know they don't like that term, but that really is what they are in the Amazon world. And as a matter of fact, if you're interested in checking out their online training courses to be able to sell on Amazon yourself and create your own products and your own brand directly through Amazon, visit Seller dash systems.com that's seller dash systems.com i'm actually really appreciative of these guys they shared more information with us about what they're doing and how they've seen so much success exclusively in the creating a brand community and also gave us a killer discount on their service their seller system service for just the community members it will it's a really exclusive discount i'm so thankful they're willing to give it to us and it's something that if you're a community member and you're interested in amazon at all you've got to check this out if you're not a creating a brand community member, I encourage you to join if you're interested because this is going to save you a lot of money and it's just really cool to learn from guys like this. So this episode, again, was just super insightful. It's cool to see people that within three years taking nothing and building an eight-figure business. Loved hearing from these guys. Max and Garland, thank you again for sharing all your wisdom. And if you're interested in show notes from today's episode, you can go to creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and I'll be back with you all next week. <laughs>